listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the third and final hour of Miller and Moulton in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice. The bonus hour begins at the top of the hour for those in the 239. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Seth Everett to join us for his weekly visit in a little less than 40 minutes. We'll play the bracketology game with Shelby Mast. USA Today, bracketwag.com. He'll join us next hour. Scott Jackson is kind enough to join us at the top of this hour, been a part of the D.C. sports radio scene for a long time. He's part of the Commander's Radio Network, does some play-by-play with Old Dominion. You can hear him on Sirius XM. In other words, he's got a lot of W-2s. He's a busy guy. Follow him on Twitter at Jackson Sports, Jackson Sports. Scott, it's David and Mark once again. Thanks for doing this. How are you? Uh, good. Always, always good to talk to you guys. How you doing? Well, we're good, and normally when we bring you on – Okay, we fully understand the issue that we're asking you questions about. I'm not sure we fully understand this latest controversy. Can you give us the Cliff Notes version as to why Daniel Snyder is in trouble this time? Well, the Cliff Notes version is, you know, uh, Don Van Notta Jr., a terrific investigative reporter for ESPN, was – uh, you know, was able to get some documents uh, involving a 2020 settlement with, uh, you know, Dan Snyder's former, uh, co- you know, uh, co-owners, uh, minority partners of 40% who he had a buyout uh, eventually. And, and there's a all this stuff about a, a, a issue back uh, that was unveiled during uh, these times where they found out that Dan Snyder had taken out a loan without the board of directors of, at that time, the Washington Redskins, uh, signing off on it. So those other three owners, they had obviously 40% stake in it. They would have to agree to any type of loans or anything taken out. So he took out $55 million loan, or you can call it a credit line, however you want to look at it, from the Bank of America, who's, by the way, handling the sale of the team. And, you know, they they, they claim that he was using it as a personal piggy bank to do a lot of things. In the story, which is very detailed, there's a discussion about how he would charge <laughs> the partners, four point, and the team, rather, $4.5 million for you know, uh, you know his logo to be put on the team plane, uh, things like that. Uh, he was charging back, you know, his personal yacht. A lot, a lot of things there uh, that were going on that um, you know kind of shade the lines of uh, you know as to what should have been done with legal. But obviously, the biggest thing is the fact that he was able to close the loan without these, uh, you know, co you know co owners. You know, even though it was a minority minority share, they had voting power. Uh, without that being voted to was the big takeaway and was kind of shocking. It kind of looks bad on Bank of America. Certainly uh, looks bad on on uh, on Dan Snyder, but you know also Roger Goodell is part of this because Roger Goodell apparently brokered the deal to get these guys to just be bought out and go away and just you know kind of like all right, we're just going to make this go away so you guys get out of here, take your money and go. And they agreed to it. And you know one of the fascinating things as part of it was one of those owners, Fred Smith, whose name. Should sound familiar, and he runs FedEx, but he's also, uh, you know, the father of Arthur Smith, who was, uh, you know, grinding at that time as an assistant coach, was looking to get a head coaching job. He was concerned that, you know, maybe some kind of retribution against his son uh, if they didn't just go away quietly. And it's been anything but quiet, obviously, because a lot of information's come out since then. Obviously, his son is the head coach of the Falcons now, so 
it's just crazy. I mean, nothing at this point should be surprising. But the fact that there's this isn't like, you know, a lot of times it's the situations that he said, she said decades ago stuff or this happened, former employee might be disgruntled, what have you. You know, you could say these guys are disgruntled, they were bought out, but yet, you know, there's paper trail here. I mean, that's, that's what's different, I think, about a lot of these other things. Uh, I've had some law people say, you know, there's obviously fraud uh, at a high level. I mean, this is why the IRS and FBI are looking into it. And again, we'll just see where it goes from here. This all stems from a Virginia investigation into uh, what was called a, a two-books um, situation they were using here for tickets, stuff they were kind of hiding from the NFL to not share with league revenue. I mean, it's just a, it, it's got to be a huge headache at this point for the NFL. And then there was a story, you know, the day before from the Washington Post about the backfighting going on between Dan Snyder and the other owners at this point where he's looking for some things. And um, they're not willing to give it to him at this point. And, you know, there's some real issues there, too. And of course, whether or not Jeff Bezos is allowed to bid is still a point of uh, controversy, you know, depending on which report you see. So all this stuff is just, you know, the trove <laughs> of things just a week after everybody was so happy to see Eric the enemy hired and think, and, and we're thinking, well, good, you know, they're just close to the sale happening and life will be almost like a normal NFL franchise. But then, you know, reality smacks in the face and you understand that it's never going to be normal until this guy's completely out of the way. Scott, from the legal people that you've talked to about this and, and the fraud claims, is this, I mean, is this something that could be criminal? Is this beyond the NFL? And are, are there something that we yeah. think charges are going to be filed? Could be. I mean, I don't, I can't speculate. I have no idea if it would be, but they could be. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some things, you know, how it is. Look, billion dollar uh, people, who big lawyers, big money. I mean, will it be fineable? Would it be just, he'd have to pay a fine? Would it be actual jail time? That's hard to imagine, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just depends how deep this thing goes. There's still, there's still an ongoing investigation, so it's impossible to say, but I think there was some hope uh, from his end from, if you read the Washington Post story, that if he does sell, that he wants the Mary Jo White stuff to disappear and never be seen the light of day, uh, and all these other things, he wants protection. And then there's the NFL owners part of it. They're saying, well, we need protection from you, <laughs> you know, with, with what could be left. So the, it's a whole crazy rich guy back and forth thing that, I, you know, frankly, you know, everybody's just kind of sitting and waiting to see. And, and unfortunately, as you guys know, we're two weeks away from the offseason really kicking into gear here with free agency, and it just doesn't look set up well for Washington to have a chance to really do much of anything outside of, obviously, what they did the other day, which slapping a franchise tag under Ron Payne. Scott Jackson, part of the D.C. sports scene, Commander's Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter, Jackson Sports, Jackson Sports. Well, one other question, because I know, you know, even the show you did yesterday, you had on a legal expert. So yeah. who ultimately controls the sale? Does Snyder control the sale, or does the NFL? This whole Snyder hates right. Bezos, so he doesn't, even if he's A, he doesn't even want him to bid, but if he does get to bid, in theory, he'll be the richest guy, so he'll have the highest bid, but Snyder doesn't want to sell the team to him. Well, ultimately, who controls this? Does the owner of the team control this, or does the league control it because they have to approve it? Right, well, because that's a great question, right? He could say, all right, Jeff Bezos is not involved, but if it comes out that, hey, Jeff Bezos is going to pay you, you know, a 500 million more or, or, you know, something like that, then the next best bid that you're trying to accept, that that would be a problem if you would think if you're an NFL owner. But I don't know. I mean, like, what is the, I would ask this, like, what's the pressure level of these guys right now just to get them out of there, right? Like, like who cares? You know, they, they, you know, Josh Harris is, is probably the front runner at this point for the Philadelphia 76ers and Devils. He, he obviously tried to buy the, um, 
by the Denver Broncos. He appears. He's a guy. He's got some local ties here. Grew up in this area. Um, you know, so maybe you know Snyder really likes him, but you know we know that he does not have the cash that Bezos does. So would the NFL owners care that much about that extra money? Because look, that's the evalu- evaluation, right, of all the franchises. This is going to set the bar for the next one, uh, in a sense. And this is a bigger market than Denver, uh, bigger obviously than Charlotte, which was the other franchise that was sold sort of under duress as well. But you know, that's a good question. I- I've wondered that a long time myself. People go, "Well, he won't sell to Bezos." It's like, well, maybe they don't approve the other guy. He's selling to just to you know just to keep this thing going. But at the same time, the biggest fear, you know, which was related in this post story, although now it seems like fantasy because it really seems like there's just no way. He's like in a corner. He's got to get out one way, you know, the easy, quote-unquote, graceful way, although I don't think there's anything graceful about anything at this point. Or, you know, he can be squeezed out, whether it's by a vote or by them just dropping the mother load of treasure trove of crap they have on him that has, you know, given them this headache over all this period of time. All right, a couple of football questions. You mentioned they tagged Payne. What they cut Wentz to get uh, money is this going to be a very inactive? Uh, where are they cap wise? What do they have to get done in order to sign some free agents this off season? Yeah, so I think after the cutting of uh, all these players and tagging a pain, you know, they're probably eleven, twelve ish around that range. Maybe it's ten. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, it's not it's not a ton of money. But yeah, certainly in a normal circumstance, you go out and get a, a quality free agent with that. But here's the problem: you have bonus money, right? Like with these bonuses, with with, with what moves most free agents at least you got to put that money in the escrow right away you know all the bonus money it's got to sit there and you got an owner on his way out a guy who you know if you read these stories and, and well i've lived through some of this here it's obvious that the cash isn't what it used to be um he's not he's not a liquid guy so i don't i don't imagine there's going to be a whole lot done to be honest with you i hear ron rivera keeps saying it's business as usual we can do this or that and then he says we're going to look for fair deals which is kind of a contradiction of of the other part of it so i think it's going to be more bargain basis stuff which isn't necessarily bad i mean look uh this team is kind of the, the big stuff they've swung and missed on over the years it's, it's the little things that have worked better for them um, there's still some ability i think they're still working on renegotiating with some players potentially uh, to free up some more space uh, there may be some more cuts here to, to get some more space but again i just don't know how much they're going to do i think the draft is really more along the lines of what they're going to have to do. Bare minimum, they've got to sign a veteran back, a quarterback, whether that's, uh, you know, bringing back Taylor Heineke or bringing in somebody new. Um, you know, in that regard, somebody can start a game if they need him to if the Sam Howell experiment blows up. But it sounds like they're committed to trying to, you know, get most of the Sam Howell. And it makes sense with this kind of where they are. They're, they're not going to be able to get Derek Carr. I don't even know if they would want to, even if they could, because of the money. And, you know, as you guys know, I mean, when you have a rookie quarterback, you see what Philly was able to do, obviously back in the day what the Seahawks were able to do. When you have that rookie quarterback contract, if the guy's a quality player, you can really build out and yourself. And that's what they need to do. They need to bolster this offensive line, need to add some help in the secondary. And certainly corner uh, is the biggest issue. Safeties are pretty good right now. But, you know, probably need another linebacker to, to get here, as well, you know, to help out that group as well. Scott Jackson, Commanders Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter, Jackson Sports, Jackson Sports. Scott, appreciate you making time for us. Uh, All the best going forward with this. All right, thank you guys so much. Always good talking to you down there. Scott Jackson, kind enough to join us once again here on Miller & Moulton. Washington drafting 16th, by the way, in the first round. 16th. They finished exactly 500, right? Did they throw the 8-8-1 up on the board? The only one in the league this year. All right. That's tough to do. 17-game season, B-500. Last place at 500 in that division. The gauntlet that is the NFC East. (laughs) 
right? It's just what a shock that was, man. Oh, man. Where are you, by the way, if you were a Commanders fan? I know we only got about 30 seconds left. You okay with uh, spending a year trying the Sam Howell thing? With where they are cap-wise and with an owner that they're trying to get out, I don't think they have a choice. I, all I, If I'm a Commanders fan right now, I am hoping somehow this guy can sell this team. That's all you can hope for because if not, David, what what is there? I don't know how the NFL can promise that he won't be sued. They're not the ones controlling the lawsuits. So that seems like, you know, that's fairy dust there. Uh, I think the NFL leans on him and says, uh, highest bid. Okay. That highest bid. That's how it works. So if it's Bezos, I don't know what to tell you. Just ask for more money. Seven billion, by the way, reportedly is what he's asking of Bezos. And he's willing to pay it. Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Miss any part of the show, like the half hour we did with Pat Kerwin last hour. Download our podcast, floridasportsnetwork.com. Just had Scott Jackson on, part of the Commander's Radio Network. Talking about Daniel Snyder and his legal issues and, well, his issues with the NFL as he tries to leave. I don't know if he can leave gracefully, but just leave. For Commanders fans, David, if he leaves, it will be graceful, no matter how it's done. Right. Right. I mean, if it was up to the Commanders fan, you know, they would say to Bezos, sorry, man, I don't know what to tell you. We'll take anybody he will agree to sell the team to will. Yes. Yes. If it's for less money, don't care. Doesn't affect us. We got to get him out of here. But Mark, if you were one of the other owners, I mean, come on. You have to demand that Bezos buys the team. Well, not that he buys the team, that the highest bid gets the team. That, that That's all there is to this. Yeah. Yeah. The only way that the highest bid doesn't get the team is if they have questions about whether or not the highest bid can actually get the money. There you go. Th- that's This is incredibly simple. <laughs> but obviously with Bezos... It's kind of like, do you, do you want that at three o'clock or four o'clock? Right, how, you're not it, you, right. I'm, I may need the extra hour just to liquidate some things. You know, a couple of my business ventures lately have only been so-so. I think I'm the third richest person now. <laughs> may need an extra hour, <laughs> but seven billion, by the way, has been what's thrown out there. That somebody apparently has already thrown six point three out there. Remember the Broncos went for four, six, five and Denver was thought of as a top half of the league franchise in terms of the market, its stature, the whole deal. Now, Washington is seen as the top 10 franchise in the league in terms of its market, the stature that it's had for the longest time in the league and all that. And it could be as high as top six. Yes, but it's definitely top 10, and I think we would compromise and say it's in the top eight, so it'd be in the top 25%. Right. There's almost inarguable. Well, you got to figure there's seven owners right there will be like, well, you got to get the most money because what if the day comes that I sell? I mean, 6.3, if he's willing to pay seven, 
I mean, that's over 10%. We can't take 10% less. Does that make Dallas worth 10? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I remember the day, I I don't know, sometime in the last 10 years, that Forbes printed the story that said that the Yankees were no longer the most valuable franchise in the United States. And it took my breath away. I went, wait, really? And they said, no, man, it's the Cowboys. Cowboys were ahead of the Yankees. I think the Yankees were second. I don't know if the Yankees are still second. But you got to figure that both franchises would get 10. I mean, for goodness sakes, if we're getting somewhere between 6.3 and 7 for the Washington Commanders, I mean, the Phoenix Suns just went for four. Right. The Phoenix Suns. Milwaukee Bucks are valued at $3.5 billion. I mean, if Jarrah ever – now, Jerry will never sell, obviously. It'll be up to Steven and his sisters to whether or not they would ever sell. Okay, but 10 years from now, Jerry's passed, and they own the team, and they're in their 60s. And let's just say they win a Super Bowl so that, you know, they get to hold the trophy. They get that moment. Then they turn, they look around, and they go, you know, we could probably get 12. <laughs> How many billion do you need to survive? <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, how many kids and grandkids and cousins, have, you know, we have here? Sit down, do them, even after taxes and the whole deal. I don't know. I think we're okay. And you guys all think live golfers are greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I... <laughs> but, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, please. I mean, the Yankees have been sold once in the last 50 years. The Cowboys have been sold once in the last, well, 40 years. I mean, these franchises don't become available very often. And as we've documented, there's only about 30, 30 to 32 of these suckers, depending on the league. But I, I, I do find this interesting. I would think Roger this time could look at Snyder and go, we've covered up for you a lot. Okay. And now it's out there how many laws we broke. Never mind NFL bylaws we broke. And besides, I got enough owners that think that you've been stealing from us. Okay. So here's the deal. Highest bid. Doesn't matter who it is. Bezos, Saudi Arabia, don't care. Highest bid. Got it? Got it. Had to throw that Saudi Arabia in there, didn't you? Absolutely, I did. Yep. China, don't care. Is the Do you really think the NFL owners care? Does anybody really think they care? Well, you brought up just two things right there, China and Saudi Arabia. I mean, David, I was in line at Costco yesterday and ran into uh, an acquaintance. And he came up, we started talking, and we started talking a little live PGA. Really quickly. Uh And the last thing he said to me was, did you see the TV ratings? I said, I sure did. And that was the end of our conversation. He walked away. Guy in front of me in line. Obviously heard every word we said because it's a line. (laughs) Older guy turned and looked at me and he said they got just what they deserved. 
There you go. About the ratings. That's all he said. Didn't they got what they deserved? Okay. I I have no desire to have a conversation with this guy about live versus PGA. I just said it is interesting if Mark Cuban owned it, no one would care that they're making that much money. So you ask things that could bring the NFL down and it's a scandal inside the league. I don't know. The way golf fans turned on live golf because of who owns it, if Saudi Arabia came and bought the commanders, David, I don't think that'd go over well. And I don't think the league would allow it. I really don't. Well, we'll see, I guess. We'll see. Time now for our Clutch Vodka Play of the Day. That's Clutch with a K. Felipe, what do you got? To the ice we go, man. This Bruins team is pretty amazing, aren't they? Tied at three. Final seconds in overtime. Charlie McAvoy. Clutch with a K. 15 seconds to play. McAvoy off the boards. Marchand closes, sets his edges, and it's off the apron. Marchand to Bergeron. McAvoy scores! They pull one out of the rabbit's hat. That improves the Bruins to a 47 and 8 record. That's ridiculous. 47, 8, and 5. Eight regulation losses in 60 hockey games. So that's a best of seven series. They don't lose in regulation once, just so you know. <laughs> and somebody's going to have to beat them four times. <laughs> Better hope they all go overtime. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. That's our Clutch Vodka play of the day. Clutch with a K. Go to clutchspirits.com. Hashtag your drinks online with the hashtag Clutch Spirits and look for Clutch Vodka wherever you buy your vodka. That's the very controversial Jack Edwards as the television voice of the Bruins there. He's called guys fat, okay? I mean, he's the closest thing we have to Don Cherry. I mean, really, it's not nearly as popular, okay? Not nearly as funny. But, I mean, Jack's about the only guy left in hockey who ever says anything controversial or bad about anybody else. Shelby Mast won't say anything controversial coming up in about 45 minutes' time, but there's always a chance that our next guest will. Seth Everett joins the show next. We'll see whether or not he's feeling controversial today. When we talk, well, whatever it is we talk with Seth, that's coming up next. Shelby Mast in the bonus hour to talk brackets. Miller and Moulton, thanking you so much for listening right here on the Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton. Only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. It's that day in time. It's not just the first day of March. It's a Wednesday, and that means it's Seth Everett time. Sports with Friends Hall of Justice and Tech Stream. Follow him on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. Good morning. How are you? I am well. How are you? Well, we know you're well. Your favorite hockey team is kicking butt, making major trades. I mean, we know you're going to be... Big time trades. I mean, for the next six, seven weeks, I mean, at the very least, we know we're going to get the best that Seth Everett has to offer. 
Once yeah, the goaltending, once the goaltending lets you down in the playoffs, then we'll deal with depressed Seth for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but right now, we're getting the best that you have. Social media is fun for hockey. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood got placed on the uh, injured reserve, and immediately the, the, it was trending that he'll never play again. <laughs> So I got into it with a Ranger fan yesterday. They were being as their obnoxious selves about Patrick Kane. By the way, this is hysterical. Seth Everett calling another fan base obnoxious. Oh, yeah. He calls our... every face fan base obnoxious right. unless it's a team that he roots for. Yeah, of course. And uh, so all I wrote was uh, uh, Timo Meyer is better than Patrick Kane right now. Patrick Kane had a great career. He's at the end of his career. And uh, he said, well, yeah, but Timo Meyer is a rental. I said, hold on. You have him under control for two more seasons. Patrick Kane will be an announcer by then. It's quite possible. Quite possible. So, so that you, gives you, you an in idea. In your trash talk, you have to have some facts. Well, not really. It's trash talk. You, facts don't enter. You could just do it on emotion alone, Seth. Okay. You're not nearly the trash talker we thought you were if, we, if you thought you actually needed facts to trash <laughs> right. talk. Everybody assumes that it's, uh, you know, because in the NHL playoffs, uh, in each division, two plays three in the playoffs. So that's Devils versus Rangers. But uh, the Devils are only three back of Carolina. That's the team we want to avoid. Then we get to play the wild card and we can avoid the Rangers in the first round. I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was three we's in one sentence right there. Correct. That is we overload, and I love it because – Anytime we get the true fan out, we you know yeah, we but, always joke around with the athletes. Can we get the six seconds of truth? With any interview yeah. you have, you want the truth, and Seth's truth comes out right off the get go. The Devils are we to him, but the but but this year is different because this year my kids are involved, so it's fun. You know my my little one comes home. Is there a game today? My big one, she already knows there's a game today. You know that that kind of stuff. It's 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 super super well, uh, rewarding just to, awesome. to to do it with the kids. That's awesome. It, it, you know, that year, that certain age in which the yep. whole family can experience playoff heartbreak. I mean, we all have that moment. <laughs> okay. And so that's good that 2023 will be that year. That's good. It's good to know. Seth, would you qualify David as an obnoxious Ranger fan right now? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't say it was going to be the Rangers doing it, I, by the way. I understand that, but there was a sense of entitlement there in the way be. that you threw that out, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. All he has to do is bring out uh, Gretzky's uh, Mickey Mouse line, and we'll be we'll be good to go. <laughs> uh, Seth Everett, Sports <laughs> with Friends, Hall of Justice, and Tech Stream are his three terrific podcasts. Follow him on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. Seth, I did something this week that I I don't think I've done in at least ten years, maybe longer. I watched spring training baseball on TV to see the clock. Are you wow. interested? Are you interested at all? In what's going on. I mean, I was fascinated. I caught myself watching the clock. I watched three, four innings. I thought the pace was terrific. I know it's a one game. It's a small sample. I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. However, I did think the game looked better aesthetically. I don't know if you've watched any or if you have any thoughts about what's going on with the clock. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, the clock seems to be the one that's uh, having the most impact initially. Um, I was doing uh, Boston sports updates Saturday morning after Friday uh, the Braves Red Sox game ended on a called strike because the guy wasn't in the batter's box. That made me laugh. Uh, that was fun to report. Um, look, the, the, the whole thing, you know, I I've always said, I'll have an open mind. If the product is better, I think there's been only like three games that have gone over three hours, uh, so far. 
Um, but again, it's not time of game. It's pace of play. Um, it's an adjustment for the hitters. It's an adjustment for the pitchers. Uh, but everybody seems to be adjusting accordingly, and we'll wait and see. The, the the more interesting thing to me, and I'm not trying to segue by any stretch, is uh, what's going to happen with the payroll disparity. Um, you know, we were talking off air about the uh, the idea that the regional sports networks are not going to be making their payments this year. You know, for example, I just want to throw an example. The Pittsburgh Pirates payroll going into 2023 is $60 million. That's exactly the amount that they will not be receiving from AT&T Sportsnet. The Pittsburgh Pirates will not have the money to pay their players. Now, they will get the money because they'll have a deep war chest and they'll be able to pay the, make their payroll, but there's no competitiveness when you have 14 teams that are suddenly not going to have their cable money uh, coming this year. And as long as that exists, yeah, the payroll disparity is going to be obnoxious. I mean, more obnoxious than a Ranger and Seth, really, if you want to go as big a picture as you possibly can, it makes what Pete Rozelle and a few legendary NFL owners, what they pulled off in the mid to late 60s, so remarkable. All right. And and this is why, you know, the, the Giants ownership and a few other owners are held in the regard that they are. If the Mara family had insisted on playing by the rules that Major League Baseball continues to insist on, the 32 teams in the league would not share the television revenue Correct. evenly. And, and Seth, we were just talking about the value of teams. You know, like the Cowboys, if they went on the market, would be worth 10 to $12 billion. The Broncos sold for 4.65. Sure. You know, that's the difference between the Yankees and essentially the, oh, I don't know, Baltimore Orioles. Well, all right. And, and so you could see how, if that existed in the NFL, okay, it would be damn near financial ruin. And that's what the sport of baseball seems to be on the precipice of. Yeah, it, it, it just, it seems to me that some of these teams, you know, it's not just small market teams. You know, I use the, the Pirates as the example. The Angels are not a small market team. Uh, the Houston Astros are not a small market team. Um you know, the the way this is all coming down, the, you know, the, the, the fact remains um, what baseball has tried to do, and I think this is PR spin, to be perfectly honest, is they've gone out of their way to say, we will have the games and we'll make them available on some form of a cable service and a streaming service. That's what they've, they've promised. Uh, they have promised that all the freelance production people uh, that work for the networks are going to get hired by MLB. So they're going to probably not make, uh, you know, one-to-one -one on the dollar, but we'll see, if, you know, if they get to keep their jobs. The fact remains is that the only thing that no one is talking about is where are the, the teams that are losing this revenue replacing it? Where are they and, and how are they going to cut corners? And so if you look at the entertainment industry, and you see a company like Warner Brothers, which canceled movies. You know, Batgirl was was canceled. That's a that's a multi million dollar movie canceled. What is going to stop the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, the Cincinnati Reds, Miami Marlins? I, all these teams are how they're going to have to slash payroll. And then the twelve or thirteen teams that are not part of either Sinclair or AT and T, do they get the rewards of this? 
And then do you have literally two leagues where you're going to have a handful of teams that are going to be competitive and everybody else is the riffraff? I, you could you could have all the new rules you want. That's a sport in peril. And Seth, you brought up AT&T, which we've not talked a lot about. We brought about this Sinclair thing. AT&T, yeah. there are three properties in which they have said the same thing to their teams, that they're not going to be able to make the payments on their contracts to three Major League Baseball teams. They, these are facts. The other one that sits out there, what does this mean down the road for Comcast? They're tied in with the Phillies until like 2041, Seth. If, you know, if AT&T can say we're going to slash costs and not do this, what tells Comcast they're not going to be doing the same thing down the road? Well, that's the, the, the question. And, and this is not just a baseball thing. I don't want to sound like I'm you know, the, the guy that's picking on baseball. The reason this is affecting baseball is because it's March and the baseball right. season is starting. But this if is this NBA was, and NHL very much, and especially it, the NHL, who needs every dollar. So here's the Sinclair list for the NHL. Anaheim, Arizona, Carolina, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, L.A., L.A. Kings the Minnesota Wild, the Nashville Predators, St. Louis Blues, and Tampa Bay Lightning. All those franchises are fearing what's happening to baseball now. And again, if you look at what the NHL has said and what Adam Silver, the NBA, has said, is don't worry, we'll get the games on. You're not going to miss a, a minute of the action. That's not the concern. The concern is how does my team compete? What kind of a competitive balance will my league have? And the NHL, of all the leagues, has the best competitive balance in all of uh, pro sports. And if it's upended, that's a shame for sports. By the way, can they strike the deal with the CW? Okay, with it, with that cap? Yeah, but the affiliates won't carry it. Well, I know. It was a, just an LIV joke here. I mean, it was right. I mean, you, I mean <clears throat> he's Seth Everett. I, I just hit it right up the middle. There's no shift. Sports with Friends Hall of Justice and Tech Stream. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. But you're right. Like the Marlins payroll, I think, is 103 million this right. year. The most money I believe they've ever spent. And yet in that division, I mean, they look like they're literally a triple A franchise because of who they're having to compete with. Right. Well, if they're supposed to be getting 40, 50, or 60 million a year from Bally's here and they're not going to get it. And they're one of the very few teams in which it's already documented they lose money. Yep. If you're Bruce Sherman, who no owns choice. the Marlins, you're like, seriously? Okay, we're struggling as it is, and now I'm going to lose right. $50 million for doing that's, nothing wrong? That's right. All of these teams are going to do that. All these teams. And the only thing the Atlanta Braves can do, which are a talent-rich team, is sell off their best players because that's what they're going to have to do. And, it, you know, this argument, you know, I read some columns and it said, you know, people who I respect said, well, you know, baseball is going to have to start focusing on the, the, the attendance and they're going to have to start focusing on the, 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 you know, the fan experience at the ballpark. Really? Cause has that gone well in the last 10 years? <laughs> I, it's an amazing story and not in a good way, you know, not an amazingly positive story, uh, but I'm fascinated to see where the dust settles on all of this, because I, 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 I've been calling for this for years with cord cutting. I have said cable is falling apart and streaming is where it's at. And this is the payoff of it. Seth, when are we going to, when's the dust going to settle in your estimation? 
Well, it, it's going to be a while. I, I think what's going to happen now is I think there'll be an initial. You know, the initial uh, blow of this is going to be there's going to be some kind of an announcement right around April that the Bally Sports Networks are not going to air the certain baseball teams. And what, what they will do, they'll either cease to exist. I know with the AT&T, that's what they want to do. They want to shutter the AT&T Sportsnet. Um, that's Pittsburgh, Colorado, and Houston. Um, but for the Think RSN about that, by TV, the way. The Astros are the defending World, World Series, Series champions. World Series. Okay, they've yep. had a winning record for eight consecutive years. They've made the playoffs six or seven of those years. And as of right now, if you had to bet money, opening day for the Astros will only be televised if Major League Baseball jumps in and saves it. Right, right. And and, and what will probably happen is they'll push ESPN or somebody to air that, that opening day game. Um, my gut instinct will be is they'll announce some kind of a package where if you have cable, if you have Xfinity or, or Comcast, whatever whatever your cable system is, uh, that you'll be able to get the MLB package for a nominal amount. All right, we got about 30 seconds, so 10 seconds of plug, go. That's fine. I can actually do 20 on Sports with Friends. Uh, it's uh, John Forslund, the Kraken play-by-play guy, longtime Hurricanes voice, the original uh, Hartford Whalers play-by-play guy. Uh, it's an amazing podcast. It came out great. Uh, we have some technical stuff going on with both the Hall of Justice and Text Dream. So publishing an episode, it wouldn't get heard. Uh, so we're not going to uh, this week. Uh, Hall of Justice returns in a couple of weeks. Hopefully Text Dream is next week. Uh, but Sports with Friends came out. And don't forget, the back catalog is totally playable. Plenty of great stuff. Well, we're huge John Forslund fans. We think he's the Amazing. best hockey play-by-play Amazing. guy. Uh, he okay. was great. Uh, he we, he did it right before they boarded a plane to St. Louis. It was a fantastic conversation. And the Kraken won that game 5-3 last night. Yeah, karma. Sports with friends blessing. Of course. It's all the about you, Seth. Yes, I curse. It's all about you. Seth Everett, Sports <laughs> with Friends, Hall of Justice, and Tech Stream. Follow him on Twitter, Seth underscore Everett. Seth, enjoy your trade deadline. I'll see you guys. <laughs> Uh, obnoxious ranger fan you've been called a lot of things please on this show i've never really dubbed you an obnoxious fan obnoxious occasionally obnoxious fan not so much miller and molten (laughs) thanks so much for listening the bonus hour in the 239 is next right here on the florida sports network 